hello there. Good evening, sir. Good, How are you? Good evening. I am I am working rapidly through our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> that is about how I am right now. Well, that that's exciting, I think. It's a double. Uh, hopefully. hopefully. Who, who are we sponsored by this evening? Let's get this out of the way early. Tonight we are sponsored by Boodles. Gin. Boodles? Yes. Yes, the, think... uh, the gin of Winston Churchill. We have been sponsored by Boodles before. I was going to say, I feel like we've we've talked about Boodles on the podcast before, In... but... Um... Indeed, I do have I do have some Hendrix that may wind up sponsoring us later, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Well, we'll we'll see how uh, how exciting the episode is this evening. Do you have a good week? Not too bad. Fairly okay. fairly uneventful. The uh, the tiny human is screaming her face off. So for me, it was it was great all day because I was at work <laughs> working. But my lovely wife was like, can can I please sleep a little bit more? Because uh, they both went down for a nap at a, shortly before work. And she woke up like right as work ended. She's like, can I keep sleeping? Okay. And it has been two hours of screaming. I take that back. It's been an hour 45 of screaming. Because wow. I, I didn't just, just all, all evening, all evening. Mm. It's been it's been lovely. I've been trying to raise them with her. It's not not seeing reason so far this evening. Not so not so far. Well, I mean, if she you might work, be teething. If you keep working on it, she might eventually come around to your point of view. I mean, I'm not I'm not eventually. a parent, so I'm she just... is more rational than most of the most of the right wingers on Twitter. And she there has more cohe- she has more coherent arguments. So, <laughs> two minutes into the episode, and we're back. I thought um, we'd get it all out of the way. Well, yeah, I <laughs> I think I think now would be a good time to maybe dive in. I mean, we do this at the beginning of the show. Welcome to everyone who's listening. Um, uh, a special welcome to those of you that are just joining us. Um, as we go along in this journey and we grow along, um, we have we do have a little bit of news um to share. We uh wanted to say a special welcome to those uh, that are joining us from the uh, the fantabulous reddit um, r backslash star wars rebels um, we we cannot welcome you guys enough we saw your impact on our little podcast here um, and we are excited to have looks like very many of you um, are willing to give us a shot so hopefully hopefully we deserve this and then uh, tens if not twenties uh, of you we appreciate you yeah, we, we don't want to take your uh, listenership for granted, um, but we are noticing you, and we are appreciating you guys um, we see very you much. And so. we love you. We love you. You're wonderful people, um, but we're not. I wasn't going back there, but <laughs> <laughs> I I saw that video this week, and I was like, "What?" Oh, for the first time. Oh man, that's that. I think I saw it when it happened, but um, I did indeed because I I read through that entire entire nonsensical speech but yes welcome from reddit also welcome from from facebook i think we have a couple of people that were like hey maybe we'll give you give you a shot as a, a certain snark has been occasionally spamming people who are like hey i'm just starting rebels i'm like you should watch it with us you I'm, should join with us because we I do swear, minor spoilers we, we try it just depends on the alcohol content like consumption that's that's pretty much where the 
where the spoiler level comes in. Yeah, I, I feel like that's fair. The more consumption, the more spoilers. The more spoilers you have to get. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, we are recording this uh, on Tuesday, February the 9th, um, just to date stamp this so everybody knows. Uh, and the reason that I am date stamping tonight's episode is because the United States Senate voted today um, that Donald J. Trump, our former president's impeachment trial, is constitutional huh. and will go forward. Weird. It's almost as if actions have consequences. Well, they those... should. They probably won't because mm. we're, we're going to watch this farce take place and then they'll vote on party lines and, and then we'll all go about our business in this, quote, non nonpartisan era and they'll go see we gave him a fair trial even though some of the seditionists are actually on the jury mm. so that's awkward um well it's weird there is it's weird i thought you were going to date stamp this because you just came back from a mission with hondo in I, space i did um but the reason that i'm bringing this up this way um is just Here's there is a special reason, um, and we'll get to that. We will get to that. Um, okay. But today, the ninth of February, um, Chewbacca is trending worldwide on Twitter, and there's a reason that I bring up Chewbacca and the impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump, in that they are related through a wonderful show called South Park. <laughs> um, and if you. Now, this is going to be dated for those of you that are listening to this, obviously, because I'm not releasing this tonight. But um, today, a a wonderful thing happened um, on the floor of the United States Senate that the people of the Internet got together and said, "Um, that's weird. Um, There was an episode of South Park in which the term the Chewbacca defense was used. Um, And that defense, presumably in a court of law, is when a defense attorney stands up and tries to confuse a jury um, by not attempting to attack the facts of a case, but rather by just stating the obvious. Um, And in the show, for example, um, the defense attorney stood up and said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Chewbacca is a Wookiee. And then proceeded to follow that up by spouting many more nonsensical facts, none of which had anything to do with the case. And I'm going to tie that all back by saying that's what we just fucking witnessed on the United States Senate was that someone somewhere watched South Park and said, I think I can filibuster your entire time by just stating bullshit and trying to confuse people by simply misdirecting people, Um, which it is phenomenal. To be fair, we had that for the last four years, just in, in the highest office, too. It it is phenomenal, and at this point, we are going to have a brief interlude while we do watch the actual two or we listen to the Chewbacca defense on the podcast, um, just because <laughs> it's a really fucking funny joke. Um, but we're going to come back on the other side. And we're going to talk more about some bullshit that happened this week. And gentlemen of this supposed jury, I have one final thing I want you to consider, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a Wookiee from the planet Kishik, but Chewbacca lives on the planet Endor. Now think about that. That does not make sense. Damn it. What? He's using the Chewbacca defense. Why would a Wookiee, an eight-foot-tall Wookiee, want to live on Endor with a bunch of two-foot-tall Ewoks? That does not make sense. 
But more important, you have to ask yourself, what does this have to do with this case? Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with this case. It does not make sense. Look at me. I'm a lawyer defending a major record company, and I'm talking about Chewbacca. Does that make sense? Ladies and gentlemen, I am not making any sense. None of this makes sense. And so you have to remember, when you're in that jury room deliberating and conjugating the Emancipation Proclamation, does it make sense? No. Ladies and gentlemen of this supposed jury, it does not make sense. If Chewbacca lives on Endor, you must acquit. The defense rests. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, and, and you were in, dealing with in that. In reality. <laughs> we're dealing that with that in reality. You, you guys were dealing with that with us in reality. Um, but I, I feel like it's appropriate to point out that sometimes life does, in fact, truly imitate art. Unfortunately, in this case, it, it imitated South Park. Um, the dumbest things, too. Yeah, somebody somebody taking South Park as like, oh, that's a good idea. Nobody should look at that show and go, huh, I think I want to try that. Like, just, just say it. It's, it. it shouldn't be a thing that we have to do and, and address at this point in our lives. You shouldn't be imitating literally a farce. Like, that's the whole point is <laughs> Is it's it's supposed to be so ridiculously over the top? Like you should not be trying to go, you know. I'm gonna try and imitate the farce. It's like try like was it Microsoft trying to um, create text bots for passed away people? I'm like this episode of Black Mirror is ridiculous. We've seen that episode. It does not end well. Donald Gleason was great in that episode. To tie it back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of which, General Hux did a wonderful job um, as a as an actor. Absolutely, he did. I think it, it, we're not going to we're not going to get into the fall into the same trap that we always do where we defend the the sequels and the prequels, um, because we do that every other episode of this podcast. It seems like, but um, yeah, if, yeah. If y'all are just joining us, the stance is pretty much most Star Wars, no better. We we like all Star Wars at this point. <laughs> um, but before we dive into the episode, I, I did want to, because because we do cover the Mandalorian as well, um, I came across an interesting article this week about the Mandalorian in Season 3, um, and just some ideas or some potential storylines. I wanted to run these by you and see if any of this strikes your fancy, or if all of this strikes your fancy, or what you think about but some of these as potential storylines um, for season three, as you know, season three of the Mandalorian does get started filming later this year. We are anticipating that coming out around Christmas. Um, so we can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, to throw some potential storylines at you here and, and just kind of get a read on, on what you're thinking about. Or Now, these are not going to be, surprises if you've watched um any or all of the mandalorian but i'm just curious what you think how many of them have ray in them none of them yeah okay i'm just curious because ray is a mary sue and we don't like her um what i like for those of you that are following the podcast you will know that that is absolutely not true we think that ray is a fantastic character um all right i think i actually sent you the tiktok defense someone had a defense of of her as like this is not that character like if if ray is a mary sue then so is luke well and and 
the reason I'm thinking of Mary Sue, I do actually have a, a legitimate criticism of this week's episode, but I actually really liked this week's episode a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I don't know if you remember, but last week when we recorded, I think we looked at this episode and both kind of said, this feels like a filler, like we're waiting to get to something. But it, at least at least one and a half of us, maybe, because I really like this because this ship is fucking badass. <laughs> like, I This episode good, but there's one very that I have, and I think it relates to a Mary Sue. Uh, and we're going to get to there very shortly. But really quickly, before we do, I, w- I want to throw some of this at you um, yes. for the Mandalorian. All right. Plot. So, Plot me. So the number one, uh, and this article is coming from Den of Geek. Um, so want to give credit where credit is due. Um, but these are just some ideas for potential storylines for the Mandalorian. Um, the first one up, obviously, is the, the liberation of Mandalore. Right? I mean, we have Bo-Katan. Okay. We have we have Din Djarin. We have Boba Fett. We have several Mandalorians or subsect of Mandalorian races in this Star expanded Star Wars universe. I think this is the most duh of the entire like the entire article. I think we are headed towards <laughs> the the obvious one. We're headed towards Mandalore, uh, right? They're gonna they're gonna liberate a half blown up planet. That's that's the question, cool. right? Is do we see the actual planet of Mandalore or? What do they find a new planet, or what? What actually happens there, right? Well, apparently not, right? Okay, number two. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> number two. Correct, <laughs> guys. This is this is when you can tell we haven't discussed this prior to the podcast, um, and I'm I am surprising the snark 100 percent with what I'm throwing at him. This is the this is the fuck it will do it live. Absolutely, that that's. Uh, that if you've listened to this, that's pretty much that's, what we do. That's kind of our MO. I think um, I think there was one week where it was like, hey, I'm going to send you some stuff and we're going to talk about it. And it was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we said, fuck it. We'll do that it died. I actually did read some. I actually did read that some. That died a very quick, very painful death. Um, but okay. Number two, uh, more dark side, uh, more dark saber drama. Again, this is not like a, a hard, like, I'm not solving quantum physics over here. I mean, we when we left off with the Mandalorian season, learned that uh, Bo-Katan cannot take the Darksaber from Din Djarin because he wanted in battle um, against the Grand Moth or against the Moth. And one of her one of her thralls didn't win it to hand it to her. I think this is absolutely almost 100% guaranteed to be in the episode. Um, I think this is going to be. I think this goes hand in hand with. Mandalorian drama or the liberation of Mandalore. Um, yeah, this is this is like one A, one B. Like these are these are still the same story. My my question. All right, what else did Denim oh, you got? <laughs> okay, no, go ahead. No, What's no. My question? my question is strictly though, how does that resolve though? Because we know you don't have to die. The 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 dark saber. So I think it, it would be interesting to see how that's resolved. I think who is the actual Mandalore. It's that whole, are you the Mandalore, the leader of the Mandalorians during the, the plot to find Mandalore and reunite them? Or are you the actual leader of all Mandalorians? Um, which I think you can tell which character would be which in that scenario. I think it'd be great if it ended up essentially, like uh, at least the re- resolution in my head that would be like a little bit out of left field, but kind of make a little sense if it ended up being Sabine. Mm. 
that it's that Jen's like, no, I, like, I don't. He's like, I don't, I don't want this. You take it. Like, you can have it. But we've seen how that goes with Bo-Katan already. Like when she's in in charge and when she has the influence of the dark saber over her, that it's not, it's not ideal. And I don't want to go into go into a bunch of a bunch of spoilers, but I think it would be kind of poetic justice in the idea of the cycles if Sabine ended up with the Darksaber again and Sabine ended up being kind of, hey, we're like I'm now in charge of Mandalore and her and Ezra and Thrawn maybe are battling something a little bit greater than greater than themselves uh, through that storyline because we know we know all this they've they've already said all this pretty much ends up like we're going towards the mm-hmm. new trilogy like the sequel trilogy this this lands at the footsteps of the new trilogy so i will be very interested to see like how this i'm sure it will somehow tie into like the battle of jakku or something like that um, where they're they're all there maybe we're seeing sloan show up um, maybe maybe that officer that we were you know, theorizing might be sabine maybe that's mm-hmm. sloan i um, and we'll we'll see something like that tie in, where it's. I think that'd be fantastic. You know, all of those storylines coming to. I a think head. that would be fantastic. You actually stole the final plot point. Of this article. Oh. And that that is uh, <laughs> Sabine Wren. Uh, we know, and I think this is again, again. You know, I keep saying this. Is these are does, but this is we know that, you know, Admiral Thrawn was teased last season, so I think it's. Right. Only a matter of time before we see um, Sabine Wren, Ezra Bridger, um, any more of those characters that we we all love yeah. and are you know can't wait to find them. <laughs> and if you're if you're joining us for the first time and you have not watched all of Rebels yet and you're just like watching this fresh with us, I don't know how far we're going to go into spoiler territory, but hopefully, hopefully someone will put some sort of tag on this episode for uh, hey we're we might spoil the entire season or series of rebels uh, with, with this discussion. Yeah, we'll see how far we, we will. Go. We will. In fact, <laughs> call. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Well, Siri has joined us this evening. Um, Siri didn't get that. She wants us to try again. Yep. We are going to, we're going to throw a spoiler tag on this week's episode. Um, just so everybody is aware that um, at least, yeah, at least the first 20, 25 minutes or so. Like if you don't want the spoilers, because I I know there's some people that have that have joined us that have not watched this series yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't want to entirely entirely spoil um, the entire show for you. But and, and let's let's close out before we actually just dive into the episode here tonight. Um, last last little bit of pre work. Um, you did kind of touch on it meant previously, but uh, I did just get back from uh, visiting the. Disney theme park. Outer Rim, yes, I believe. Yes. Um, we had some magical times down in Orlando. Um, if you'll remember last week, I was... Re- well, I managed to make it home on Friday to turn around and go back with my wife um, Friday evening for vacation in Orlando. Um, so we just made it back earlier today. We did get to go to the new Star Wars land um, in Orlando. Hmm. It is phenomenal. Like... I- I'm only a little jealous. <laughs> it, I may. Kristen is I even a little jealous. Sending video and pictures um, to the snark the entire time we went, and my wife was going, "This is my wife, who is not a Star Wars person, who does not watch Rebels with me or the Mandalorian for that matter." 
but is into the WandaVision. Um, she was like, this is the most hyper-realistic. I'm telling you right now, if you're in Orlando and you are going to Disney World, it was so fast. It was so safe. Like, I know we live in a COVID world. And I mean, it is it is a little bit disconcerting to be thinking about going to a theme park, right? Um, it is it is perhaps the most safe I have felt outside of being at my actual job. Um, like it is, they are very very strict about wearing masks. You are you're not even taking your mask off to take pictures, um, and they are have people who it seems their whole job is to kind of circulate among people in the park. And remind you when you are not wearing your mask properly, which means above your nose and over your mouth. Um, Wait, you mean you have to wear your mask <laughs> above your nose? Your nose also it also like spews out bullshit. They huh, are weird. Anyway, someone should come to Georgia and they tell are that. so very strict about it. They repeatedly overhead remind you, um, hey, if you don't do this, you will be asked to leave the park. And we did witness someone repeatedly asked and then i we believe was asked to leave the park he was certainly taken away for a a disney re-education um we please tell me that no took but they do have stormtroopers oh, god stay in theme that would be amazing it, like the first order wants you to wear a mask it, <sighs> like it was at magic kingdoms <laughs> there were no stormtroopers there um but the new star wars land that would be even better. Or you have like Dementors or something. The new Star Wars up. Land is, it's so interactive and it's so in-depth. You look, you know, Disney, Disney gets a lot of flack. I give Disney a lot of flack for, you know, just buying franchises, slapping their name on it and saying, you know, good luck. But the new Star Wars Land, it is legitimately like you were in a different, like you're in the galaxy far, far away. I mean, it is between that and their hotel that they're they're coming out with like that fully immersive like you are a you play a part in a essentially mm-hmm. a star wars drama like between those two things like i'm dying to get down to our smuggler now we didn't make it on to rise of resistance because apparently that is like the hottest ticket at the park um but we did make it on the smugglers run we we could have gone gone again um, but we we have some audio we'll be playing at this part of the podcast that I was able to record um, secretly. Don't tell the mouse um, while we were standing in line. This is this is where we <laughs> get shut down, isn't this it? Is probably, this is probably like sorry, y'all. This is the last. This podcast is where we we're going to be able to do. We're uh, going to have to change our names. Yeah. yeah. Go to witness protection. Um, no joke. <laughs> the mouse the line off. is great. I mean, everything about this ride, Smuggler's Run, is so great. It is. I. I am not a like a motion ride guy. It is the coolest thing. The only thing I can equate it to. I don't know if you you remember, but like back at when Chuck E. Cheese was a thing, they had those like fighter pilot games where it was like a Tomcat pilot. Um, all right. Oh yeah. And that is where a kid can be a kid. You can freaking sit in the cockpit of the Falcon, and it's you're in the the Falcon. Like it's it's so amazing. It is Hell yeah. so amazing. <laughs> um, I, I will put up some of the pictures that I can that don't identify who we are so we don't get asked to never come back to Disney World. Um, but it is, it, it's worth the money. If you have a chance, go take your kids. I mean, if you like Star Wars at all, 
you will like this ride. You will like this land. I wish I had a whole day to spend just in Star Wars land. Um, it is. Um, we're going to insert a little bit of audio here from the line. Um, it ties in really nicely. We didn't plan this, but Hondo, who you will remember um, from last week's episode, is actually in the park, um, and he's part of Smuggler's Run, which is great. Um, we could not have planned this better if we had tried, truthfully, and we didn't. Um, so, the next... It's my question. Was he animatronic, or was he... Is, he is an animatronic, actor? but he is animatronic in the style of Jack uh, Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean. So, like, had... Where they have a live human actually trapped inside the animatronic. Um, he is the most <laughs> realistic... He's the most realistic um, animatronic that I've seen in the park. Like Jack Sparrow is great. If you go on like Pirates of the Caribbean, he's better than the other characters. Um, but yeah, the video you sent is why I have that question because I'm like, that looked like it looked like a person. Didn't actor. It? Like, it looked like a person. Um, it did. Oh, it did. I felt like I, I felt was, like I was there almost. It was so so great. Honestly, do you remember, um, just a total aside, but do you remember on Pirates of the Caribbean, there used to be the part where they're auctioning off like a woman, like a, a person from the uh, the village of that the pirates invade? Do you vaguely remember this? Maybe. I, I'm not sure because I have not been to Disney four times a year for the past half decade. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the last time I went, I was a counselor for a summer camp. And I was wrangling 35 middle school. This schoolers. is the first time I've been in five years. And I had fun. Like, legitimately had fun at Disney That's World. Good. And left at a decent hour. Like, we left out of there at 7 o'clock at night. I was like... You didn't have to wait until somebody literally kicked me to turn into a out princess. of the park because it was 2 a.m. in the morning. No, we didn't have to do that. Um, that is a... Nice. That is a that makes it way more enjoyable. We will not go into on the podcast, but no, that, that's an Easter egg just for just for us. Buddy out Sorry, there listening and hearing that, knowing that I fucking hated that. Now I makes certainly me very so. happy. Um, fuck those trolls. Not actual, not actual like trolls on the internet. Like literally, just that person is an actual. And on troll. that cheery note, the like, next thing you hear will yes. be the audio from the park. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about Wings of the Master because, y'all, this is a damn good episode and we need to talk about it. Oh, 
get that guy out of here. What was that? Nothing. Good luck. See you in the hangar. So hopefully that audio was not too garbled. Again, I had to hurriedly uh, record that on my phone while we were standing there in line. Ideally, the mouse will not hear this and go, hey, that's a copyright violation. Um, but, but. Um, <laughs> people, people like drop from the ceiling I, and arrest you. And I was sitting there I I don't standing have in line money. recording that and or I was listening and my wife goes, isn't this the guy that you, you talk about on your podcast? So I was like, you're so right. I was like, oh, <laughs> rewind that, guys. I need to oh get Anchor God. out so I could record that. Um, but. Excuse me. Can, can you everybody that hush can you really quickly the so I can just record this line? Um, but tonight, we're not here to talk about that, even though it's badass, and I highly recommend you go see it. Um, we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 7 of Star Wars Rebels, Wings of the Master, um, which originally premiered on November the 11th, 2015, and it was written by Stephen Melching and directed by Dave Filoni and Sergio Paez. Um, for, I don't know if it was just... Uh, my my anniversary, anniversary, my four-year anniversary. Oh, that's right, you, you were married. November 11th, right. 11, 11, 11, the day before that's right. we I went to Miami. that football game, that was... You, that's right. You, you went do you know? Do you a, know we crimson. went this entire? We've gone thirty <laughs> minutes into this podcast without talking about something very important to both of us. Um, is it? Is it the perhaps where we're from? Maybe a stadium close to where we went to high school. It, um, it like could maybe be. a mile down the it road from from high school. I used to it run up and down be. the stairs for baseball. Yeah, our, uh, our Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, that was that's pretty damn cool. Indeed, honestly. for the first yep. time since I was we were in high school, <laughs> junior in high school, I believe, because you were a senior, weren't you? I think so. I can't I can't remember. Was it two thousand two, two thousand three? I always 2003. forget if it was two thousand two. I think it was the two thousand three season. Yeah, I was a senior. You were a freshman at uh, Florida State, right? I think. Wait, say that again. I was a senior because it was 2003 to 2004, I think. Um, but I think one of us was there. One of us was in college because you're a year older than me. Um, oh, no, I was there. I was definitely there. I was definitely there because we uh, watched it as as like a I went to went to my church and we all watched it and brought stuff and. It was a it was a really good time. It's one of the last really good memories I have of church. It was two thousand three. You are correct. Yes, you are correct. They they beat the the well at the time they were the Oakland Raiders in two thousand three. But yeah, now we have another one in two thousand and twenty one. The been a Bucks fan since Cream Sickles. Hey man, I was I have been there from the dark times and yes. we couldn't win a frigging game. I was I was going going to games in the eighties. Like yeah. I actually went to a game in the eighties. Good for you, man. I I, I, did. I went in the nineties, but I also was, went in the nineties. It was so it's very a long, dark period. It, I'm a fan of shitty teams. What can uh, I say? We we all are. And now it, we're now we're going now we're up. Like we got the lightning kicking ass. We've mm-hmm. got the Rays doing a phenomenal job. 
Mm-hmm. We got the Bucks doing a phenomenal job. We got the Seminoles still puttering along. They're coming. They're, they're coming. coming. They're, they're coming. coming. They're coming back. We had there were a couple. There were a couple good years. They'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's just it's important if they just. Just very briefly, just to point out that our team won the freaking Super Bowl, um, and that's that doesn't happen every year. So we're gonna we're gonna take a moment <laughs> to say congratulations. Um, and I, I really don't care what you think of of whether or not we bought this or not. I'm just glad that I get to buy a bunch of stuff that says I won the Super Bowl. So <laughs> moving on back, um, I, I can't even attempt to to tie that into Star Wars. No, there's, there's, no, there's no segue there, except for this is a winner of an episode. Hey, there you ah! go. There it, that was a professional segue right there, guys. It was. That was almost, that sounded scripted. Tell us on Twitter <laughs> at Nerds House Up if that sounded like we scripted that. Uh, we should put a poll up that no one will answer. <laughs> we'll do it. You know what? We'll, we'll put another poll up. It's just going to be the two of us answering like, no, it wasn't scripted. And they'll be like, yep, that's correct. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. This is really for our own amusement. Like, y- y'all realize this, especially if you're one of those people that's binging these episodes. You you know, this is just sheerly for like our own shits and giggles and sanity. I think we have gotten, fun- I, you know what, there, are, there were a lot of people this week in, in the last seven to 14 days who have listened to the first episode and then proceeded to continue listening to the episodes. So I, yeah. I, I would be very curious if there is anyone out there who has time to bother us on Twitter and just say, hey, you guys still suck, or hey, right. you guys have gotten <laughs> slightly better. Um, <laughs> I certainly feel like it's more natural now when we talk about stuff. It's not as forced, and it's not, it's not strict. I feel like we're kind of lightening up a little bit about you know the things that we talk about, but... Unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, Lieutenant Melloron or Captain Melloron, unfortunately, he has been promoted. So, uh, so no more casualty reports as as of now. But we might bring it back someday. Who knows? We'll, we'll, we we'll might, see. but that would mean Captain Melloron would have to go back and rewatch everything and tally things again. <laughs> That's so, probably I mean, we, we, could, we could. Probably not going to happen. Let's be real. Um, I'll watch this a third, fourth time through. This show is phenomenal. But this this week, I came in. All right, so last week we left off, and I'm not ashamed to to say I have been kind of disappointed by the last two episodes. Um, Always Two There Are was good. I think it was a solid B-plus episode. To follow that up with Brothers of the Broken Horn, I think was just a terrible episode. It was filler. It was very reminiscent of early season one to me. Um, And when I'm saying terrible, I mean, this is still Star Wars Rebels, so it's not like... I'm not watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Terrible is like an eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing. Of another show. <laughs> that's a good point to point out. I mean, it's not like we're talking about, you know, it's it's not bad TV. I just didn't like it. Um, but this week, I came in with very low expectations, and I my expectations were blown away. Like, uh, so the whole point of this episode is a B-Wing or, or the Blade Wing. Um, and these these citizens of Ibarra um, who need to get these supplies. And I think you touched on this last week about, you know, this is what the rebellion does. They, they help people. They're trying to win hearts and minds because they can't win militarily right now. Um, but damn, this was a good episode. Really good episode. Um, it is enjoyable. Like, I still, I still think it's, 
it's a filler episode and i know this is at least from what i've seen this is one of like the panned episodes that people are just like this episode is garbage you can skip it like but it's it's entertaining like the especially especially from the community that i i come from militarily like this is even even more entertaining at least to me um because it's like hell yeah if you got a chance to be a test pilot you go be doing that I think so. Let, let's get into the episode, and then we can kind of there. There is one thing I want to criticize, um, and I think that's it's well deserved. But let's 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 dive in here because there is some stuff we need to cover. Um, but we kind of touched on this episode opens quickly, um, and it opens on so we got Phoenix Squadron, which is led by Phoenix Leader and the Ghost. Um, they're trying to get the people of Ibarra uh, these supplies because the Empire has. Basically, they're working on starvation rations, and they're doubling. They need to double their output. And the Empire, led by um, Agent Catalyst, is blockading the planet. So not only are they being starved, but they're not allowing others to help them. Um, and they're just working these poor people to the bone. This action sequence, I really liked it. I, I, the introduction of the A-Wing into Rebels, I remember as a kid, we didn't see the A-Wing until Revenge, or Return of the Jedi. And right. to know that it's been out there all this time, I think this is just so cool to know that the A-Wing has just been kind of floating along. Like, we're still several years before the Battle of Yavin, and the A-Wing has just and been it's, doing it's the thing. It's still a thing. Go ahead. Yeah, it's still it's still a thing. It's not just like they made it up. Right? They just, this brand new vessel showed up. Like, that's that's the B-Wing. It gives, it gives credence to the fact that this provides context to Return of the Jedi with the A-Wing. I mean, and I know it is it is a little bit of doing this after the fact, but it, it helps me kind of reconcile in my head of like, oh, we didn't just randomly get new ships. Like, we've had these all along. Um, but you do see in this, this sequence, even with the A-Wings, even with the Ghost, like, they're the regular rebels are not getting through this blockade. There's they're not going to get these supplies to the people of Ibarra. I mean, we, we get to see that transport ship get just absolutely wrecked. Um, I mean, I, I I like the fact. I think I've kind of bemoaned the fact that you know we keep beating the Empire, we keep beating the bad guys too easily. I do like how this show is not afraid to show you. That it's a war and that you are going to take, you know, casualties on both sides. I mean, it's, it... yeah, and I, I like to think of that as like, we're the story that the story that you want to see is the one of them winning, but there's, I mean, there's all kinds of like lore and stories where the rebels aren't, aren't winning where they're on their heels or where they're defeated. Uh, so it's, and it's like the, you know, the history written by the, the victors kind of thing mm-hmm. like that, that curse, but there's, there's a lot where they're not winning. And I, I agree with you. I like that this is willing to show like, Hey, the rebels are taking heavy, heavy losses. Like lots of, lots of shit's getting destroyed. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it's important to show the setbacks, right? Like this is what I think this is what the last Jedi was trying to show us was that, you know, this is what the empire strikes back. You know, I've, I've heard, that rebels they say that rebels season one definitely follows a new hope kind of motif then season two essentially follows the return or the empire strikes back motif and that the rebellion is down on its luck it's it's not even a rebellion yet it's just rebels and and 
yeah. I think this is, you know, kind of their Hoth moment or one of their many Hoth moments where they're just getting their heads kicked in. This is this is the life as a series of down endings. <laughs> That's a really nice way to put it, honestly. Um, but so this this set of circumstances is what drives the the point the whole the entirety of this episode the need of this episode as it were um so we we come back to rebel command we're on phoenix home um, or the new phoenix home and we see that uh, we know that our entire fleet is not going to be able to get through the the blockade around the planet of ibarra so luckily enough uh commander rex is still hanging out with the rebels and he knows of a uh starfighter pilot or a, pi- a ship designer by the name of Quarry, who is a Mon Calamaran, um, and he's on the planet Chantipole, which I think is just a planet, first of all. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I, I just think this is great. I, I'm almost positive this character is named after Ralph McQuarrie, um, who is the phenomenal you know design artist from Star, Star Wars, the original films, um, but I can't prove it, but I, I just there's no way we have a character named Quarry and he's not named after Ralph McQuarrie, right? At Dave Filoni, please let us know. <laughs> right. Please somebody help us. Please tweet us and share let us the know. knowledge there. Um so we have to go to Chantipole. Somebody has to go to Chantipole to get this Starfighter designer to something that will help break the blockade around this this planet of Ibarra. Um but the problem is, or the you know, the idiot ball of this episode would be that the planet Shantypole apparently is a death trap. You can't get through it. You can't you can get down potentially, but you can't get back off, off up off of this planet. Because <laughs> gravity. And I thought this little interaction was great in that Kanan volunteers Heather uh, Hera to go to the planet. Um, and she's not exactly thrilled about it honestly. Like she no. didn't seem to be too happy with Kanan's uh, volunteering of her to go get the go get the the, the ship, as it were. <laughs> um, and she lets him know about it, which I think is important. And it's <sighs> so Hera gathers on the Phantom um, with Zeb and Sabine, while Kanan and Ezra and Chopper go off to pick up the supplies that they're going to need for for round two. So we do get this really cool scene: uh, the planet Ibarra. I really liked the way they did the, the art for this planet because you do see as the, the Phantom is kind of making its way down to uh, presumably to Quarry, um, the wrecks of the old ships that had tried to make it there and just just the cool, like how different this planet is, right? Like, when maybe, maybe the wrecks, as we'll, as we'll see later, that might, I don't, I don't know if that was a, an actual wreckage or if that was target. That's true. That is true. Um, that that part is left a little bit ambiguous. And, and I'm kind of rushing through this this part of the episode because this is all it it's all matter. just set up. <laughs> yes, that is one interpretation. Um, but it's all set up right for for this interaction between Hera and the the pilot or the Mon Calamari um, designer Quarry. Um, you know, you get to see that this guy he's he doesn't like the empire, but he's not necessarily a rebel. Um, it's another one of these ambiguous kind of characters who he's just sort of doing his own thing. He's a, he's a ship he's designer. He's doing his own thing. And that, that's it. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't really care who 
uses this thing. He just wants somebody worthy, essentially. Like the sword in the stone moment. Like, I've been waiting for a fighter pilot, and uh, I'll wait longer. That's fine. I really liked the, the exposition that you got here. Though, and I, I think this kind of tied it back to the Clone Wars, though. Obviously, Hera proves to him that she is worthy of flying this plane, or this, this starfighter. She tells him the story about during the Clone Wars when on Ryloth, her mother, you know, would hide her, and that, but Hera would peek out to see the Republic fighters flying over as they fought to liberate her world. She wanted to fly with those people because that's who gave her freedom. I like the line that she said is, I wanted to, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I wanted to learn that so that I could help people. Like, that stuck with me. Like, this is a children's show, but there's your lesson of this episode is, like, you can be great, <laughs> but you have to use your skills for good. Right, like it doesn't matter what you do, just do it for for a good purpose. Um, right. I the the lesson the the lesson, if you will, it is. It absolutely is. Right. Like I I and good. Like yeah, use your like if you're if you're using all of your skill and talent for evil, you're either well. I hesitate to say a Rudy Giuliani because that implies skill and talent. Uh, but like you're, you're more like on the Vader side. Like you're, you've now trans transitioned and you're using your skills. You're using your talents, all the good you could have done. You're using it for, to, to further just shitty games. I, and that's why we root for the rebels because, because of that kind of stuff. That all that stuff, all that good that could have been done is now being used for for evil or to just stay in power, to oppress people. It just resonated with me, I guess. I, you know, you, you think about it, these characters come to the characters in the rebellion and during the movies that we call the original trilogy, they are born out of the Clone Wars. They are born out of the Republic being something good, being standing for something, and to see the Republic bastardized by you know the evil and, and selfishness of not only one man but many men. Uh, you know, I've, I've told you I'm, I'm listening. I'm very close to finishing the first Thrawn book, and I think it gives a it adds a lot to Rebels um, and, and some of the characters in Rebels. I'm not going to spoil who, but there is a lot a lot of value add if you like rebels to kind of jump into the Thrawn series because there's a couple of kind of minor characters or characters who come up later in our series that get a very deep and a very good treatment in these books but you do get to see i think the 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 pylon effect of you know people who are maybe not maybe selfish but willing to hide it and then you see an evil person or someone who's willing to step out in front of the crowd and say, I'll be the bad guy. I, I want, you know, power and money for that sake. And you see all the people that flock to that. And it just kind of makes you kind of squirm a little bit. Truthfully, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause we, we already see that I shit in the that, news. This is why it parallels our reality so closely. That's what makes right. me uncomfortable is that this has all been predicted. Um, you know, this is Star Wars is all a, a treatise on the Vietnam War, and it turns out it was just a little bit ahead of its time because it was actually about what's going on now. Um, 
but before we digress any further down that path, um, right, we'll keep going. So back to back to Hera flying the, the blade wing, as it's called by Quarry. Um, you know, you do get this. There's a little bit of a funny interaction here where you find out that Quarry has not ever flown this ship before. Um, so the ship takes off to fly and promptly falls. Zeb's ready to <laughs> kill people off the edge of the cliff and just drops. But this this moment, you, you see, obviously Hera doesn't die. It would have made for a very short season two. Um, but this... even though someone, someone, at least one of the podcast hosts has you know, advocated for Hera to die for like I the entire time. I've not said she needs to die. Just I've just said someone Hera-like needs <laughs> it would to be die. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone close to Hera. If it wasn't Hera, then, you know, Hera adjacent, <laughs> like someone that's also her. Like another Twilight. A green point. A green Twilight. In charge yeah, of. Who's, who's... <laughs> yeah. Who's a central to the show should should probably. I think I'm going to get my wish, not, and not too long, not to spoil anything. Um, but uh, with this this scene is really great. Honestly, I mean, you do get a little bit of you learn how the B wing works and kind of what its power is. Um, I really liked the way that they showed kind of a little bit more about the B wing, like the ball turret, like cockpit reminds me so much of like the cockpits or the turrets from uh, like World War II, like the Flying Fortresses um, and the way that it kind of... That they're kind of, they're independently moving, like the ship's moving around. It, that it's was so cool, central. right? Yeah, like Super I like cool. the, the fact that that's, that's science fiction. Like... So it can do, yeah, it can do all kinds of sweet, like... It was very maneuvers. cool. It reminded me a lot of the Starfighters from uh, Babylon 5, um, which is a very, very old uh, star... Uh, sci-fi series that ran like in the late 90s um super in-depth like if you like trade wars very we're, we're talking about a series from the 70s that feel like the 90s well, if you like, very old if like, you like the phantom menace with its trade wars talk you would definitely like babylon 5 um <laughs> but so while all of this is going on kanan and um ezra are gathering the supplies and we learned that you know, Kanan has made the decision to put the supplies on the ghost. We're going to we're going to try back for Ibarra um, and that he is not willing to put the risk on anyone else. He wants the risk on his ship and him and Ezra um, to run this this blockade. So it sets up for our, our third act, which is the culminating act of the, the episode. This is the only part of this episode that I have a problem with. And I want to run it by you, because typically when I say I have a problem, you tell me what. Um, but <laughs> that's what so, we do here. So Kanan and Ezra and the rebel fleet or part of the rebel fleet are making their run on the blockade, which we know they've already acknowledged will not succeed. Um, and lo and behold, who pops up, but, uh, the, the phantom carries the blade wing or the B wing into the battle because we learned that the B wing doesn't have enough power or strength to run both its weapon system and its hyper hyperdrive. So the Phantom has to carry it to battle. Um, and the wing proceeds to you get this interaction where the the the, the pilot or I guess the, the Imperial officer, you know, tells Agent Callus that rebel reinforcements have arrived. He says it's one ship and one starfighter. Right? And to me this is a little bit of a Mary Sue mo- uh, moment, 
where you've got all these ships, all these people, and I get that the, the built to be, you know, it's stronger than the other ships, it's more powerful, but this one B-wing takes down this Imperial cruiser that it's that's a you know these cruisers that are blocking with the weapon system, the upgraded weapons, Hera attacks this cruiser and basically knocks it out of the fight, which allows Kanan and Ezra to drop the supplies to people of Ibarra. Hey, congratulations, we win. Because we had one more B-Wing than the Empire had. And I think this is a this is a brand new ship that no one has ever seen. No one knows what it can do. It's moving in ways that we haven't that whole like the pod is central and it can just move the ship around it. That's not something that we've seen yet in in Star Wars like technology. This is like a brand new style. And I, I thought it was like a little bit telling it beforehand when he's like, Hey, have you seen that little, uh, remember the little red button, push the little red button kind of idea. Like to push the lever up, like pull the lever crunk. She pushes that lever up. She's yeah. like, these weapons suck. Like this didn't destroy anything. And he's like, yeah, have you tried that lever? Oh, sorry. I had to throw in the pull no, the lever. Crunk Cause that's no classic and Disney. So we're good. Uh, <laughs> and you see the, Absolutely. On brand. <laughs> so it's the same the same principle i think as like the death star that also is like oh we haven't seen that yet uh so like is this being is this like concurrent to like uh to rogue one like are they just developing like the death star's weapon or is that like maybe at least timeline wise in my brain i might be wrong but this is this is before Rogue One. So this is before the development Absolutely. of like the Death Star's weapon. And this like one lone dude on this planet is like, hey, we're gonna figure out a way to shoot like to combine these lasers to make one big powerful laser. Like, that that technology has not been seen thus far. Um, like we talked about last episode, the you know the lasers getting like tur- not turbo lasers, but like the the shots from the the ship getting blocked by the the inquisitors his well they don't they aren't that they aren't that powerful and that if it was like a death laser blast or a death star blast then they would probably not be doing that so that's like that technology from the death star but on a starfighter on a starfighter that's moving in ways that no one has seen so agent callus goes Oh yeah, it's just a starfighter, and then it's dodging everything because they don't know how to target it. That's a super small target that's moving around in strange ways. Like it's a, I mean, it's a blade. It's not a standard starfighter. So if you're looking at it from one angle, that thing is, it's like looking at the side of a cell phone. Like that's going to be super difficult to target with just your, like, hey, target the, target that thing. No, no big deal. And that's going to be really difficult to hit because it's such a tiny target. And then it packs this massive punch because it has a weapon system that also is currently not seen. So at least in my brain, I like to think that they've got that, that this technology is taken by the rebels. Callus sees it. Everyone else in the Imperial fleet sees it and goes, huh, mm-hmm. well, that's a cool idea. Maybe we should talk to this dude on this planet, take him from his wife and kids and make him design something that, can do this too yeah i mean and this is why i bring up stuff like this because i feel like this is where you tell me that i'm wrong about things right this is this is the this is the point of of having this discussion (laughs) with these 
Yeah, I try and logic logic through it from existing. Uh, you know, I think that's important. It's, it's helpful to talk about these things for me because I, I like that, you know, now granted, some of this is just me not thinking critically here about some of this stuff. I mean, granted. We should 100% post this on like Reddit and Facebook and see what, see what the masses say I about I think this. we will. I think we will. We know the people of the Reddit enjoy talking Star Wars Rebels, so let's let's see here. Is this a Mary Sue moment? Yeah. Does this does this make make sense that this like tiny little B wing? Mm-hmm. Like, I w- I would be interested to know what what other what the other heavy heads in the Star Wars uh, community have to say have to say about it because. I have my feelings like, eh, yeah, this is, this is kind of like a means to an end. It's we got to advance the plot somehow and we can't kill our peoples. Like there's, there's one side and then there's the like, Oh, it, I think it makes sense because you have this like super genius dude. That's just making new shit that no one's ever seen. And I, I would be interested to know if like the, if theory wise, maybe this is where the death star, the idea for the death star, like combining focal points of a laser came from. Well, if you think about it, it I mean, this is exceedingly similar to, I I guess, Poe and, you know, Ryan Johnson is going to copy from Rebels, I guess. But this is very similar to the scene with, you know, Poe Dameron when he is taking on his X-Wing versus a single Star Destroyer. This is almost the same scene. (laughs) It's not, but it's very similar to me, at least. It's very similar in that you know, it's one starfighter against a giant star destroyer and that you know, that star destroyer has the ability to kind of wipe out cities on um, you know, planets or, or bases, I'll say. I just You mean is it similar to an X Wing taking is. out the it is. Death Star? It's weird. It's weird. It's almost like these are cycles and these I just think keeps happening. This is this is where <laughs> Oh he yeah, I know that's exactly what I was gonna say. I mean this is the the hubris of the empire, you'd think that at some point someone would be like, hey man, maybe we should learn from our mistakes and like not put in, you know, I, I mean, I know you can make an argument. Have you, have no, you met I people with that day. level of hubris? Because holy shit. Yeah. Every, every single day. I see them on Facebook. I see them on Twitter. I see them in the Senate. I see them just get voted yeah. in office. <laughs> like it's it's there there is no there is no learning from it it's it's there it's it's part of it's one of the like great character flaws that you can't see like how you can't see another method because like there's there's no way why there's no way they could beat us there's no way they could do this and then it happens mm-hmm. and they're like no no fake news fake news there's no way and it like this like life imitates life imitates art imitates life imitates art like it's this is a this is a story that's taken down tons of just actual real world people around the world through history just sheer hubris like that it's hey you can't i mean the trojans mm-hmm. with the like the trojan horse like they they're like oh yeah this is a gift we're good no no big deal there uh, there's no way anybody could take us like the story of the 300 at Thermopylae. There's no way they could take us. Like, these are just a few people. We've got the entire might of the Persian army behind us. And they stop them at Thermopylae. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, the, the, yeah, that's a the great, pride that's goeth a before the fall. Great so I, 
I think it's it, it's it's not just in Star Wars that this is cyclical that it that you see the same like the one the one lone guy standing up against everything. It's throughout history, and it looks ridiculous because it is. It shouldn't happen, but it does, which is fascinating. It's, yeah, it is, and it's it absolutely is inspiring because when you think about this is this is the the single person standing up against you know the immovable force standing up against the the what is it the immovable force versus the unobstructable object you know standing to the un, something and saying no you move something like that I won't do like that's mm-hmm. I, I guess when I thought about it I didn't I didn't think this critically about it obviously but I mean I'm glad that I. I'm glad that I brought it up because this is a great, this is a great capper to this lesson. I mean, you, you know, what I take away from this episode is, is Hera's moment where she's talking about, you know, this is why I want to learn how to fly. This is why I want to learn how to, you know, I I wanted to be able to, to help people the way that people helped me. Um, And and then you kind of get more than that, where not only it's just, not only that, but you get Hera is willing in that moment to sacrifice herself because that's what she was. Dem- that's what was demonstrated to her. When you show people, "Hey, I care about you. Hey, I'm willing to sacrifice for you," people are t- and then willing to go, "Hey, that's what I was shown. That's what I'm supposed to do is sacrifice for others. I'm supposed to, you know, put my own well-being secondary to someone else who might need it." and Like we, I briefly mentioned our our high school earlier. Like that, that's the motto of what we what we grew up with, what mm-hmm. we were formed with was you know men for others. Like that's it. Like you need to do what you can to help those less fortunate than you. The end. Like doesn't matter what it costs. And that's that's one of the reasons that this show is so compelling because they're they're learning that lesson and they're trying to live up to that lesson. Like I. You, you see it over and over. You see Kanan like, oh, I don't really want to do this. And then, but we, we're here to help people. And he has he has Ezra there to remind him. Or Hera, who gets promoted at the end of this episode. That's right. Now, Captain Sindula, um, on on her way to on her way to us hearing hearing her shout yes. out as a commander. That, that was the other, you know, that's the last little I guess ascribing point that we could take away from this is this is the the genesis of, you know, Commander Sindula, uh, Captain Sindula. She becomes Phoenix leader here, um, which is, I mean, it's great to see that that's, that's, that's how we tie the, or that's Phoenix how we, won. you know, put a bow on the end of that story. Um, but it's just, I, there's so many things that this show brings us. I think this is one of the, or to me, this is kind of the start of seeing where the lessons are coming from, where as opposed to, you know, just giving me kind of bratty Ezra and Kanan and, and you know, wah, wah, with Chopper, you get, you get the <laughs> lesson, you get the, the impact of what, what the show is actually teaching us is actually, these are, valuable lessons these are things that we should be able yeah people should learn like 
that if you're watch if you're watching Star Wars and you're going, huh, yeah, I think we really need to like shut down these rebels. You're you taking the wrong the lesson. Right like, like they're. <laughs> Yeah, you're taking the wrong lesson. Like if you're if you're watching a lot of these things and you aren't a little <laughs> bit radicalized, going, um, maybe things are fucked up. I think you might be identifying with the the wrong people in this. You're looking at Agent Callus <laughs> and Darth Vader and going, I want to be like them. <laughs> no, fuck you. Like, no, I like, <laughs> like ser- ser- seriously, uh, like. The, the whole point is the empire is bad. Like that's what, that's what George Lucas was talking about. Like the, the empire going into other countries and just like shitting all over them and trying to take what they can out of them, strip mine them and you know, pull all their resources and put in their own, own little dictators. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what the empire does. We, um, we maybe we should get away from people. that. We shouldn't want to do that. <laughs> right that you should want to help people and it doesn't matter if it costs you a little bit, you want to make other people better. Like that's, that's the point. The rebel, that's why the rebels, it's like evil always triumph, <laughs> triumph because good mm-hmm. is dumb. It's like the, the opposite of that, the opposite of the space balls sentiment that you need to help these that, that are less fortunate and like our little Phoenix crew, like it's working, working out for them and they're slowly making, making traction and we know where it ends up. Like this, this ends up in return of the Jedi. This ends up with the first Death Star blowing up. Like evil, evil doesn't, doesn't triumph because that mm-hmm. that's not the nature. No. And I mean, it's a, it's fantastic that this conversation came from what is essentially like a filler bottle episode, like literally a bottle episode like this. This makes no difference, really, other than now the rebels have a B-wing, uh, and they have this super sweet little, you know, throwaway throwaway Absolutely. vehicle that you see for two but seconds. This is the kind of stuff to me. This is the kind of stuff that makes this series what it is, and what it ultimately turns out to be is that this is this is what rebels is is, is and aspires to be. Is the best of it is when it's telling us and teaching us a lesson. Without letting us know that it's teaching us a lesson. I mean, no one wants to be preached to. No right. one wants to be but preached this to. This is the best ever. of humanity. But this if you is the teach best me a lesson, I, I mean, this is like watching right. an educational video in you know college or in high school, and you think, hey, the teacher, you know, is not realizing <laughs> we're watching TV, but you're you're learning something while while you're doing it. I, I think this is. I, I don't know. Right. We're watching. We're watching what what humanity mm-hmm. should be and what we should be aspiring to that's this is why i maintain that rebels is well, a better show than clone wars because you get stuff like this like there's there's little like i mean there's lessons in all of the the clone mm-hmm. wars and they beat you over the head with it with the quote at the beginning like there's there's always a quote of like here's what mm-hmm. you're supposed to learn from this dun, 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 dun. this one is a lot more subtle and you learn to love and identify with these characters and like oh like, well, they're acting like this in this situation. Like, that's that seems like a good thing. Like, these seem like not shitty people. They're just trying to help. Maybe I should help. So it's it's a much more it's a much more subtle lesson. And I know that's that's what I kind of was trying to allude to on at least one of the Facebook posts. Someone's like, "Why should it? Should Absolutely I watch Rebels? Should I keep going?" Should. Fuck yes, you should because it's phenomenal. 
Like, I'm just starting. What should I expect? Expect heartbreak. <laughs> expect to cry a little bit. <laughs> and also expect, like, super tight storytelling. That, yeah, there's some, there's some throwaway episodes, but expect super tight storytelling to fall in love with these characters and identify with them. Like, learn the lessons. And that's, I mean, that's why I, that's why I maintain that Rebels is possi- quite, quite possibly one of the best Star Wars properties just isn't it phenomenal in in my opinion it's it's absolutely inspiring guys this was this was an episode that i looked at this week coming in and saying i can't wait to get past this one because what's behind it is better and and to me walking away from being able to say do you realize what what we have that's still out there in front of us that we're going to get we we still have so many good this is just season so two. Much good stuff. Like there is, there is some, right. there is some things We've that are coming. Two more and I think you alluded to it. Oh. I mean, there's some heartbreak that's going to be coming, but I, I think it's absolutely telling that this is what this one little episode brought out in both of us. I mean that that this is why we love Star Wars. I mean, just to be honest, this is why you love Star Wars is because it brings this out in you, but. At least it brings it out in me. Uh, sounds like it bring, brings it up. Exactly. Uh, brings it out I in the totally, both of us. We'll I totally agree. Um, well, Snark, I think yes. now that we've we've once again hit the hour mark, I think we have covered this episode uh, appropriately. Um, was, it, <laughs> was there anything else that you wanted to hit on? For <laughs> this, this, I'm going to say it. This phenomenal episode at this point. Um Which I think is crazy because mm-hmm. you consistently see that, like, ah, this episode sucked. It's like, nah, not really, does it? You just gotta, like, you, it depends it from a certain point of view. Like, if you look at it and you go, oh, yeah, cool, they got a, they got a mm-hmm. cool spaceship. And I love the, I love the prototype B Wing. Like, legitimately, that was, as soon as I got my little Star Wars Armada squadron, mm-hmm. I was like, I know what I'm painting the B Wing like. And sure enough, I have a Star Wars mm-hmm. Rebels, like I have a Phoenix Squadron set of like B-Wing, and one of them is this proto. The prototype is the one that's leading them, and then I have the the rest of them painted like actual Phoenix Squadron. Like I I love this episode. <laughs> but, like you get that out of it, but there's there's so much there's so much more. Uh, it just depends on it just depends on how you look at it and how you depend or how you decide to to interpret what's what's going on in this episode is there's there's a lot of depth that's brought into this and maybe it's intentional maybe it's not but i feel like it's still there and i'm super excited to get to the next next episode where we have a firefly crossover i was hoping that you were aware (laughs) of that because i can't wait i could have said a suit yeah suits crossover next week is going to be Next week is going to be interesting, right? I mean, we are both obviously we're big nerds. Um, I, I mean, I feel like Firefly is kind of the first non-Star Wars show that kind of grabbed me and said, "Hey, um, you does does she really?" My daughter has a Serenity <laughs> stuffed animal. No kidding, I... and she loves it. <laughs> I, I've had I've had the Serenity on my 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 wife bought me a Serenity keychain like I I don't know how long have we been a decade Good God we've been together forever it seems like 
uh, and like a decade ago, my wife got me a Serenity keychain, and it has been on my keychain ever since. I, I can't wait. I heart Firefly. Well, next week we'll be back. <laughs> it's so good. Um, same bad time, same bad channel. We're we're excited to, to bring you bad, bad. Did you say bat or bad? Yeah, absolutely. Bad, B A D. Yeah, let's go with bad. The same bat. bad channel, like bad batch channel. No, is this? Is this a, a play, play on, on Batman? You know what? If I have to explain it, it the joke is not funny. So we're not, we're not going with that. <laughs> it's slightly funny. I mean, it is a, it is a little bit funny because you hear the, the, the people like hear what I have to deal like, with all happening? the time when I when I talk to you. Dear Lord God, I think all we've been friends for almost a decade now. So actually, it's almost, almost two decades. Decade. Jesus. Do you know how? Do you know what year it is? Jesus Christ. It's it's like twenty years. That's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. Well, You've been putting up with this bullshit. Next for week we're gonna years. move right on from that. I know. <laughs> next week we're excited to cover episode eight, which is entitled Blood Sisters, and holy shit, I can't wait. Yeah. Speaking of putting yeah, people's episode, bullshit for 20 years, this week, if, if this week you want to call it a Hera-centric episode, next week is 100% a Sabine-focused episode, which I have been crowing for, I feel like, since we started this show. Um, so, I can't wait. Um, yep, oh, yeah. let's... I'm, let's, I'm let's all here some... for the crowing. <laughs> let's do some more Mando-focused next week. What do you say? Um, but that's what I, we're going to leave it there for tonight, guys. <laughs> can't thank you, first of all, enough for appreciating and joining us. We we do actively look at the you know I think multiple times a day to see oh look we got another you know another listener another another someone who follow and listen to us. We love it. We the only thing we'd ask is if you do have time, please please give us give us a rating on uh, iTunes. Uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you listen to us on. Um, you know, I know it's something a lot of people ask for, but it really does help us. Um, and frankly, like, bring more people wouldn't you to want other people to be able to enjoy this, enjoy this with you? Um, because we love it. Um, we love doing it. And, and we want to make sure that, I, that everyone who wants to be a part of enjoying this, this series you know, gets a chance to revisit this amazing series because these people put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, we should, we should absolutely reward them or remind them how much we appreciate their series. Um, if you're on social media, we are on Twitter at at Nerds House of. We have a, a Gmail, we have a Discord, we have a Facebook. All of that will be in the, the release notes for this week's episode, as it is every week. And we're yeah, we're pretty we're pretty active. Well, you're pretty active on Reddit. I'm pretty active on the the Absolutely. Facebook, the Star Wars Rebels, and the Guys. Star Wars fans groups. I'm not really fantastic. At Y'all come media, find but us. I do we're out like here. We're we're pretty opinionated. Um, I feel like you know we're pretty opinionated at this point. Um, but we're not so opinionated <laughs> that we won't listen. And you know, if we're really wrong, I think one or at least both of us will probably and say, "Hey, you 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 convinced me." Um. But we're gonna leave it there. Oh hell yeah! Absolutely, absolutely. Hell, why are we I'm doing a podcast? We're not here to argue. But we're gonna leave it here, and as we always do, we're gonna leave exactly. this. Snark, take us out, sir. 
always. We'll see you guys next week. Force be with you.